0: hello there it's another day I'm Jim Harrington
1: and I am Bill Knight you got a smirk in your eye there you do to something today what are, what are you up to
0: I found something I found a neat little song it came out about two weeks ago quietly under the radar not a lot of talk just put on the on the internet actually put on YouTube by the artist the artist Ooh. is a she's a Christian music artist her name is Natasha Owens -hmm. And she put this on the website. It's already got over a million views in under two weeks. Listen to it, see what you think.
2: (laughs)
3: Why the and What are you doing now?
4: More than once.
2: I bet he took New York and carried California.
0: Okay, so my suggestion is, everybody who's listening, go to YouTube and listen to Trump won by Natasha Owens, and just inundate the the website, uh, because that's the only way they're going to realize just how many people are interested in that
1: subject, that song. You know, download the hell out of it, because they will yank it. Download the hell out of it, and look... YouTube is owned by Google, mm-hmm. and Google thinks they own everything. Well, So if... go ahead and make sure that you post it everywhere you can and overload their system and their little bots and their little woke, you know, uh, 18-year-old kids out there. They go, oh, no, no, this is not socialism, and you do not have free speech, sir. I day.
0: guarantee you it's also going to be on, like, Rumble and other sites too. So there'll be a backup site you you will be able to find this song it's going to become the anthem of the uh, maga movement i think uh trump won and
1: yeah i i think it will but now here's the uh, the caveat to this it, it, it it's going to cause some divide stuff that's that's going on in the news
0: well you know look look at what they're doing everywhere they everywhere they go i think there's a desperation right now in the party i think that they trying to get as much done as fast as they can because I think they're aware of the fact that they're losing the room, so to speak. That's a term uh, that, uh, like, a lot of comedians will use. Oh, you're losing the room. That means you're no longer relevant, you're not very funny, and uh, they're not paying attention anymore. I think a lot of people uh, realize that the Democrats haven't done much recently to help their situation.
1: Well, let's let's be honest. What do the Democrats do when they're in trouble? They have lackeys. All right? Yeah. And I I hate to say this, but what race do they use as their personal lackey?
0: Remember one thing. We start this conversation with the fact that slavery was promoted and was embraced by what party? The Democrat Party. The Democrat Party. The Democrats in the South wanted to keep slavery because... It was the machine that uh, generated revenue for their industry, which was essentially cotton. Mm-hmm. That was where they made their money. And they made their money big time because they didn't have to pay the workers. They used slaves. And and by taking slavery away, it changed the whole dynamic of that industry. It changed everything. And uh, they didn't want uh, to lose that. But he, when you see Democrats now talking about, Uh, equality and the like, you have to realize that they're being very hypocritical because they're from a party that
1: has promoted slavery and racism for hundreds of years. And now they're promoting reparations. And then somebody will say, well, you know what? The sins of the past. What happened two, three, 400 years ago? Not my bad. I wasn't around then. Neither were my parents. Let's say Bill. Uh, And then they say, no, 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 that doesn't count. Reparations go back to when they happened. And everybody forward is responsible.
0: If Bill Knight's grandfather committed a crime, you know, hundred and fifty years ago, then I'm punishable for it. Based upon their philosophy, right now, um, if he on the reparations right, rule, if, yes. If if he committed a murder in 1900, mm-hmm. should you be hanged?
1: Well, they would say yes, and but you know they'll take a cash payment instead. <laughs>
0: They sure will. You know, this leads to a, a conversation we had before we went on, Mike. Uh, the city of San Francisco, that city by the bay, I left my heart in San Francisco. You'd be leaving your wallet in San Francisco if you're living there. And I'll tell you why. They, they wear a flower in your hair. <laughs> yes. We're the only a, way you get in. No, wear a billfold in your hair because and well. what, what they want to do is they want to pay reparations to the residents of San Francisco. How uh, much? In, Well, they want to give them a lump sum of uh, $5 million. Oh. Yeah, $5 million. $5 million, okay. $97,000 a a year. A paycheck for life, $97,000 a year. Is it taxable? I don't know. That's a good question, Bill. I don't know. Probably Probably not. not. Okay. Yeah, at least not with any local taxes. And then you can buy a house
1: if you are a minority in San Francisco for $1. Okay, now you can buy a house if you're a black minority in San Francisco. Right. For $1. Now, how big is that house? I don't know whether they define the size of the house, but
0: the thing is, Bill, if you got $5 million uh, in a lump sum, you can buy... Any size house you want in San Francisco. Yeah, but you're
1: getting it for a dollar, so you can buy up the whole damn block. Sure, you because can. <laughs> how is a realtor going to make? I, I got one sitting right across well, from me. Well, she'll here, get
0: thir- no, no, no. She'll get thirty three cents. She'll get thirty three cents
1: yeah. <laughs> on the dollar house. She just closed. Wait
0: a second, on. realtors only make six or seven percent. She'll yeah, get six or she pre- She'll get six
1: cents. <laughs> well, no, see, she'll get a. Portion of that six cents. That's
0: true, but she's the salesperson and not the broker, so she'll get a a third. And I mean, I'm and sorry, a, three three <laughs> percent.
1: And if somebody referred the deal doer, well, they get a cut too. Yeah. By the time she's done, she might have uh, one point
0: five cents. She won't have enough for the meter. Trust me. I mean, she'll you forget about it.
1: The only way that she could do do that deal is say, "Look, you got five million bucks. You can buy." Five million homes, which ones do you want to buy? That'd be the only way to make money for that deal.
0: For our black listeners, and we have some, my suggestion is this. Come close to the radio. Okay. Move to San Francisco.
1: Yeah, you know what? And that that was my my point. It doesn't matter your color. Right. If they came in, if if look, if I'm if I were black. Mm-hmm. You know, or I had an ounce of black in me, and they go. Okay, well, how do they hey, judge
0: what? that? Wait a second, that's a good point. If you have an ounce of black in, how do they judge how black you have to be to get the five million dollars?
1: Well, yeah, because now when you start breaking it down, well, you're a quarter black, so you don't get. Well,
0: do you get a quarter of the reparations? <laughs> Maybe they'll say, "Well, wait a second, you're not a hundred percent black, so we can only give you." Uh, Proportionally, the amount of money you deserve. Like, if it's five million dollars, you get, and you're a quarter black, we'll give you a uh, hundred and twenty-five thousand, or whatever it is. Uh, you know. All right,
1: but then, you, then you have the thing of, you know, the statistical differences. There, nothing is one hundred percent accurate. I meant to say one point two five million. But either way, you're going to sit there. What I'm saying is, is that you know they're going. Okay, you're five percent black. You know. Well, plus or minus what percentage? Because nothing is big. Exact. And, and how do they prove it, Bill? How do they well, prove it? If Bill
0: Knight goes out to uh, San DNA Francisco records. and you say, "Well, do, do you have to show them DNA? Do you have to have your DNA done to prove it?"
1: Yeah, but so does do DNA does do DNA does DNA <laughs> records go back to that time, or is it now a question of well, we think, therefore it is? Okay. So in other words, well, it's let's not one hundred percent.
0: Does every does every minority have to have a DNA test, even if they physically look like a minority? If they're if they're black and they appear to be black, do they still have to have a DNA to be fair to those who don't
1: look black and say that? I they forget have... where I saw the statistic, but one in six people. Oh have yes, I was just going to say gene in that. Them. I was just going to say six that. People, so you've got that chance right now. I'm sure, you do. To be entitled you to You may that have to some blonde degree. hair
0: and blue eyes and have a touch of a minority in you, whether you know it or not. Because folks, we go back centuries, okay? I mean, this the human the Homo sapien has been around a long
1: time. All right. Here's here's one for you. Let's just look at it from a different way. Um, how black do you have to be? Could you be maybe not black at all, and still count as black. For instance, let's look at Native Americans. This is not about them, but let's just sit there and say back in the 1800s when uh, Indians came and they they raided a place, and they killed all the white men and the white boys, and they took all the women, all right? And then these women got folded into the tribe, and they became essentially Native Americans, white Native Americans, Native Americans, nonetheless, they were raised as Indians. Is there are there any cases where somebody was raised, maybe um, somehow somebody got killed and a little bit white baby got raised? I'm sure in a black family, would that person not be black now? And their ans- in their ancestry,
0: I think the Democrats are purely looking at the physical and not the other in- the other Always keep scenarios. your eye upon the
1: donut and not upon the hole in the in the batter there. Yeah, okay, I get it. So the Democrats are just looking for numbers. They're looking. They're looking for votes. You're right now. You're
0: you're staying up in Boston, and the good news is that the mayor of Boston has started an exploratory committee into
1: reparations in Boston. Well, yeah, and and. um uh... Of course, she's not. Uh, she's not black, but she's no. looking at it. She's a Democrat, uh-huh. and she's looking at uh, what she can do to uh, well it, maintain power. And the thing for,
0: the thing about it is, historically, Boston has never been a slave city. Massachusetts no. hasn't been a slave state ever.
1: Well, they'll bring out stories, you know. Yeah, but Boston.
0: Pieces. Anyone who knows history knows that Boston was. Uh, uh, a center of the whole non-slavery movement preceding the Civil War. These were abolitionists. These were people who didn't want slavery. They talked about it and
1: had rallies in Boston. Right. But, you know, I mean, you could, there was, there are racial things that happened here and everywhere. It's a part of history. It's a part of the evolution of man. Hell, there were black you know, warlords and families yeah, but Nathan, that had white slaves.
0: The, the racial things that happened in Boston, for the most part, like a lot of things happened in the 50s and 60s uh, that they can point to and say, well, look, at Boston had these uh, protests against busing. They didn't want to have bus uh, kids from one town to another or one area to another area because they didn't want to have kids in a good area being bused to a minority area. Right. Well, that happened in Fresno,
1: California, where I'm from.
0: But it wasn't because, and I I grew up during this time, I don't think it was ever because of the race. I think it was because people in certain areas felt, wait, I'm I'm living in a a high-end community like Cambridge or someplace, and I have good schools, and I'm paying for those good schools, and what you want me to do now is put my kid on a bus and send them to inferior schools. Across town, you want me to take my kid and bus them for twenty-five or thirty minutes to an area that's not near us, to a school that we didn't pay for, and that's what the protest was about. It wasn't—I don't think it ever yeah. was about
1: color. Yeah, I grew up in California and uh, in in Fresno, and they were one of the first ones to do that force-busing thing. And I remember that. But the funny thing was. Even though, the, you know, the, the 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 rich white people, as they were presented to be, yes, they weren't the ones that raised all the hell. It was the poor people, the black people, that were going to be bussed across. They didn't want to come to our, you know, yeah. pompous little area. Of course. They just didn't.
0: You know, a lot of people just didn't like to have their kids on a bus for 20 or 25 minutes for no good reason.
1: Yeah, but I'll tell you what—the you know, kids were safer then on a the bus than they are today. But that's a whole different conversation.
0: Well, it, it's interesting. Uh, they are l- honestly talking about reparations, and if they can't get it on a national scale, and they're not going to because the country is against it, uh, the Democrats are moving locally, and they may, may move to a uh, move to a city near you.
1: Well, that's- here's one thing they're going to run into. What Joe was mumbling about uh, the other day where he bumble bumbled again. Yeah. And uh, he was, uh, you know, going, well, what's going on, man, with with Oregon wanting to, uh, East Oregon wanting to succeed into Idaho, and, and they've already made a bill to allow that to happen. Hey, friends, it'll happen in California, too. They will sit there and say, you know what, there's already talk of dividing that into three states because... California, believe it or not, is actually, by, by most means, a conservative state. But you have Democratic strongholds in certain areas.
0: You heard Natasha Owens in her song? Yeah. She, she sings in the song, Trump Took California Too. A lot of people believe that, whether you like it or not, California really did go for Trump in 2020.
1: And- I I would believe that I have friends out there, and uh, um, you know they're, they're 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 Trumpers, you know if mm-hmm. you, you want to call them that. And it's not that we're saying all oh, Trump is the best thing since sliced no. bread, but he sure as hell is better than anything that we've had or have now. And if somebody doesn't get it back together for us, uh, we are a nation that is just about to step on that this landmine to blow itself up
0: with this close and if you could see me my fingers are very close together okay be, uh, with that close to uh, uh, irreparable damage let's put it let's put it that way you know i don't think of trump as being some kind of a god or anything like that he's a he's a man he's a good man he's a man who has ethics and feelings and he can relate to the average man The most amazing thing to me about Trump is that there's this billionaire, multi-billionaire with all of the resources any man could ever want, yet he can turn around and relate to somebody in McDonald's. He can turn around and talk to the guy on the backhoe. He can talk to anybody, anywhere, and there's a connection. Because I really do believe he has that sense of where people are and why they're here. You know, they used to have... Construction workers uh, talk about Trump all the time on his work sites. Trump would actually go to the work sites on his at it, where his buildings were being made mm-hmm. and he'd put on his hard hat. He'd go up there. When he was a young man, they said he actually would do some work for the guys, you know, make sure he'd carry some wood or, or pour some concrete or whatever. He connected with the guys on his sites. He still does that. He was out in Iowa uh, the beginning of, uh, of uh, when was he out there? Was he All the days are running together. Was it this weekend? It was Monday. He was, yeah. I think, in Iowa. And he did a speech. But before the speech, he went into a, a restaurant, and he was going around table to table shaking hands with people. One woman got up, and she was in tears seeing this guy, and she hugged him. Oh, my goodness. She thought that much of Trump. This song resonates that we just played a little while ago because it, it's a song. It's an anthem for a lot of people. A
1: See, lot... you're 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 touching on a subject there that's that's kind of interesting because you look at somebody that well, let's look at Biden uh, and and Kamala. Do they go out in the crowd and and respond to the crowd? And if they did, is it genuine or is it disingenuous and staged? Kind of like Buttigieg when he went out it was all staged do you know they they don't have time for the common person a true leader realizes that when you are together it's like being the captain of a ship you know you've got to have everybody on page on deck with you and you relate to them all because it's not what you donald trump do as an individual or joe biden do, does as an individual it is everybody holding together and working together that make something cohesive and work.
0: I think the thing is that Trump honestly loves the people and Biden and Carmela really don't. I think Trump loves his his followers, his supporters. I think Trump is a man of the people who embraces them and I think Biden and Carmela look down on them like they're subjects. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play a cut. She was, Carmela was on the late show with Stephen Colbert yesterday. Yeah. And when she arrived, to her surprise and to surprise of a lot of New York Democrats, there was a pretty good-sized protest there, shouting all sorts of things at her. Imagine that. As she went into the theater and as she left the theater. But in the theater, it was packed with sycophants uh, who, who clap on cue and... Who cheer on Q. But I want you to listen to uh, Carmela's answer. She she was asked. She'll be asked by Colbert about Ron DeSantis's stance on the Ukraine. He said that he says it's, it's a uh, territorial dispute and we shouldn't be involved with it. And she gets so haughty, so you know uppity. Listen, listen to what she says.
5: How do you make
4: uh-huh. of
0: um, someone like Governor DeSantis? who, while there
4: is a strain of isolationism all throughout American history, is saying that this is not in America's strategic interest to side with the Ukrainians and offer them the material aid they need to defend themselves against an invading power.
2: So as vice president, I have now met with over 100 world leaders, presidents, prime ministers, chancellors, and kings. And when you have had the experience of meeting and understanding the significance, again, of international rules and norms and the importance of the United States of America, standing firm and clear about the significance of sovereignty and territorial integrity, the significance of standing firm against any nation that would try to take by force another nation, if you really understand the issues You probably would not make statements like that.
0: Boy, she has got such gonads, really.
1: She says, she talks about territorial integrity. Yeah, well, somebody had to plant those words in her mouth because she can't think of them on her own. If you go back and listen to everything she's ever said and done and everybody she's ever met, she is a freaking idiot, and that's what she is. But she has a giveaway. You can tell when she's out of school. You know, and that is just, be, just before she said, you know, if you had, you know, if you knew what you were doing, right? she does this little waver in her voice. It's almost like she's kind of nervous and crying mm-hmm. because she knows that she's stepping in deep <laughs> and she's waiting <laughs> it's just to fall under the water because she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about.
0: She says she's concerned about territorial integrity. She is the borders are, supposedly, of the United States, besides being vice president, and how much has she cared about our territorial integrity?
1: Yeah, I'd like to know uh, what does she consider uh, our border to be? I mean, show me the integrity. Well, she has has no concern with our border,
0: no territorial integrity here, because it doesn't fit their agenda. Whatever their agenda is, they are They are bound and determined. If you voted for Biden right now, you've got to have buyer's remorse. You have to be. If you're paying attention, if you are awake at all now, it's been two and a half years about, you would think that maybe now you kind of know that these guys, uh, they weren't what you voted for if you voted for them legitimately.
1: They always take a number out there and talk about how great things are now I did read that you know you're sitting there going, this is the year that things are going to f- go to hell. Uh, it, although I think they already have in a handbasket. Yeah, yeah. But it's it, we're going to have a total collapse. But yet they're going. Oh, the 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 young people are looking ahead to the future because, you know, we have the highest uh, unemployment rate, in here is 54%. Mm-hmm. and here's 54. percent. I'm like going. and I was thinking about that going. Where is this number coming from? And then I said, Ah. I know what they're doing, you know, because you got to look at the pool of workers and that grew. It grew because who suffered the brunt of all the economic ruins, the mom and pop businesses. Well, they got to work too. So now they're a member of the job force. So these numbers that are being touted out there are all BS. They're not real.
0: It will be interesting to see, uh, how our country maneuvers through the next few weeks. Now, I'm not talking about 2024. We are on the verge of something major happening, in my opinion. I, and I'll tell you why I, I feel that way. I, I don't know whether I totally believe the story we got about that drone being shot down over the Black Sea. Uh, Russia, right. Russia is saying, hey, we flew by it. We got video. We sh- We saw it, but we didn't hit it. We didn't bring it down. That's, that's what the Russians are saying. Now, I'm not taking the Russians on their word, too, but we don't have video from our side. You know, that, that was a drone. They have video cameras on that, too. They probably were feeding footage back to somewhere. Uh, they, they knew what was going on. It wasn't a total surprise because, you know, in a, in a drone, it's being flown by somebody probably back at Edwards Air Force Base or something like that in a little room like a cockpit, it's not like it's completely autonomous South and flying Dakota, by itself. North Dakota. Yeah. It's not flying by it's, itself. It's got a man flying it. So there was somebody who was aware of what was going on with that drone, and they probably record every single minute that f- that drone is in the
1: air. Well, I, th- I think Liz Cheney got a, got a job. And uh, do we turn on the cameras now? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, how <laughs> do we edit this film that we have? Liz, <laughs> can you tell us how yeah. to do this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's her you, job now. You you would think maybe. But I do think we're on the verge of something uh catastrophic if we don't get our acts together. I don't I'm one of these people and I've said this before on this program. I don't think that Trump can expect to win in 2024 if nothing substantial happens between now and then to rectify what happened in 2020 and as of yet in 2022 too. Uh, as of yet, I, I haven't seen that happen. Have you?
1: No, I haven't. By the way, I'll correct one thing I said. I said that unemployment was at a 54% low. It's 54 year low. Oh, great. So I, my, my handwriting sometimes. Yes. Well, it's, it's, uh, I, it's, I should have been a doctor. I was going to say that. I just couldn't pass the test.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. And yes. would you want me working on you? Yes. I have. I'm a brain I, surgeon. I folks. Good, good I, news. Look what I did for Biden.
0: I have good news and I have bad news. You have, uh. You have six months to live. <laughs> Here's my bill. Well, I can't pay that. Okay, I'll give you another six months. <laughs> yeah.
1: You live a little bit longer. Yeah, well, you know what, I mean.
0: Anyway, hey, um, other things happening. Uh, Tucker Carlson talked with uh, a gentleman named D- Daniel Good uh, Goodwin. We talked about him yesterday. He was mm-hmm. the guy who came into the Capitol during the January 6th protest. Right. I call it a protest because the riot part, I think, was done by... Uh, plants of Nancy pardon but Nancy 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 and her plants and her cohorts but um, he walked in and he was in the Capitol building for under uh, 60 seconds they wanted to put him in jail for 10 years and then they said okay we'll cut it down to a year which is still way too much time here's the interview and listen
4: One of the things we learned, maybe the main thing we learned, when we finally got access to thousands of hours of surveillance footage that the January 6th committee had been hiding, is that some of the people the media told you were terrorists, they were terrorists and needed to go to prison, and who did go to prison, actually never committed terrorism of any kind. Just the opposite. They just kind of wandered through the Capitol building. That's true of Jacob Chansley, the so-called QAnon shaman, the one the media told you should be killed. But he's hardly the only one. This is video of a man called Daniel Goodwin walking through the Capitol through an open door on January 6, 2021, at exactly 3.32 p.m. That is long after the doors were breached. Now, we got this video, the one you're watching now, from the Speaker of the House's office earlier this month. Mr. Goodwin's attorney tells us that the legal team was also provided this video, and in it, you can clearly see that Goodwin was inside for less than a minute, and when he was asked to leave, he left. So there's no dispute about any of that. It's all on tape. But the DOJ is still trying to send Daniel Goodwin to prison, and in the meantime, they have completely wrecked his life. Daniel Goodwin joins us now, along with his lawyer, Carol Stewart. Thanks to both of you for coming on. First to you, Daniel. Your your story, I, I think, is similar to the story of many people in your position. But just give us a sense of what the federal government has done to you for the crime of wandering around the Capitol for one minute and leaving when asked?
6: Thanks for having me on, Tucker. Yeah, it's uh, what they've done is, I had to spend um, about a month incarcerated pre-trial and then about a year in pre-trial home confinement. And uh, I was facing 20 years uh, and now I'm still facing one year. Uh, you're facing a full year in prison it. for that. That's right. I was in there for less than a minute.
4: Is it, and, just, and I just want to be as fair and transparent as possible. Is there anything you're leaving out? Did you commit vandalism? Did
6: you hurt anyone? It's actually in uh, the documents that I even said I didn't steal anything. I didn't break anything. You know, I didn't hurt anyone, anything like that so i mean how is what they're doing to
4: you allowed in this country i mean you seem like a political prisoner what would be another name for it
6: uh political hostage because prisoners have rights and they've taken many of our rights away as january 6ers. it's disgusting
4: carol stewart uh you were representing daniel thank you for that um how common is this story I, I strongly sense that daniel is not alone in having his life destroyed by the biden administration for not really doing anything
6: Uh, Yes. Good evening, Tucker. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Also, I just want to point out, Joe McBride is working on this case, too, and has been helping. Yes, you know him. And you know him. So this is very common. The majority of people, and I've read through many cases, have done nothing violent. They've broken nothing. They were there where they believed they had a right to be no signs, nothing indicated they could not be there. And they are being labeled as domestic terrorists.
4: So this is such an atrocity that I think a lot of people watching, and I just want to say in good faith, we are holding nothing back. We don't know anything that we're not telling you if you're watching this at home. This is the sum total of the story, as far as we know. How can people help? The media is not covering this. No one in Congress seems to care with a few exceptions. Marjorie Taylor Green being one of them, but most don't care. So how can people who do care make a difference for these, and I'm just going to say it, these political prisoners because that's what they are.
6: Well, the first thing, of course, is if Kevin McCarthy would release all the footage to all the public. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that the public can do to help is they can research through the footage that's already out there. They can go to stophate.com slash J6 and see our calls to actions, which include praying for us, which include um, fundraisers to the people. And you can make sure the money goes to the people themselves and which includes writing letters to the people who are currently incarcerated. You can also watch documentaries that have been made and the truth, which is going on out there which is being held back by the gatekeeping media that for example four people died that day and they were all trump supporters of course you've revealed that sicknick died the next day and it wasn't because of trump supporters there was a lot of police violence that happened that day um, and yeah that needs to be investigated January 6th, I think, is probably second
4: only to the 2020 election. is the biggest scam in my lifetime, and you know it is because they become completely hysterical when confronted with any facts that deviate from their lies. So I'm grateful, Daniel Goodwin, you came on tonight, Carol Stewart, who's representing him, and Godspeed.
0: Thank you. Did you hear what Tucker said at the end of that conversation, the very, very end? He said mm-hmm. January 6th was the biggest scam only second to the 2020 election in my lifetime. Everybody knows it is. For him to say that on Fox, I'm serious. It yeah, takes now, a lot of courage.
1: He, he, you know, now, if you listen to the mainstream media, oh, well, Tucker hates hates Trump and hates this and hates that, and he's marching to orders. Nah, Tucker's got a set of cojones. He does. He does. Tells, he does. Uh, you know, don't believe every, well, you know what? Let me rephrase that. Don't believe anything you hear from mainstream media anymore.
0: Absolutely. They are not on your side. They're not what they used to be. Used to be a time when you turned on Walter Cronkite or Chet Huntley and David Brinkley or Peter Jennings, and you could expect and usually got the truth.
1: You don't get it now. These people were at the Capitol steps. They went into the Capitol, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And what is that commonly referred to? The people's house. Yeah. So I own a house, you know, uh, I'm allowed in it, right? Yeah. You know?
0: They were being waved in, for the most part, by Capitol Police. What's that all about? That They say, well, what about the people who were breaking the glass and stuff? That started before the people who were at the rally where Trump was speaking 20 minutes away... They were already breaking glass at the Capitol by the time the people arrived from that yeah. rally.
1: And they talk about the, you know, them rushing the doors, those doors, uh, forget forget their brass or whatever they are, 20 oh, yeah. tons each. Yeah. And they open out, they do not open in. So they could not, they couldn't push them forward, which would have been the easier thing to do. And since they have a mechanical arm, they couldn't pull them open. No, actually, the door opened by the guard inside who flipped the lever to open the frickin' door.
0: Hey, how many people were at the Trump speech who had hammers? Think about it. How many people at the Trump speech, 20, 25 minutes away, who were having a great old time cheering and and shaking each other's hands, how many of them were standing around with a hammer in their hand? I I don't think any. I think the people who had hammers and there were people breaking glass with hammers. They also had little ear earbuds in their ears. They were listening to somebody. This was a planned, staged event. It was prepared and implemented by uh, some nefarious people. And, you know, we're not on YouTube because if we said this on YouTube,
1: it would be yanked.
0: We would be yanked. They would say this is
1: disinformation. Yeah, disinformation. I've heard that so many times. And then when you confront them on it they don't disagree with it but you know I found out later it's like these these guys that do these youtube videos for yeah. gaming and stuff like that right and some of these guys that talk you know talk to 8 9 and 10 year olds are you know 25 30 years old they've been playing these games forever but they're dropping the f bomb and every other foul language bomb or they're talking about their gay wokeness and I'm like going oh but that's okay you know, but you having an opinion on what's going on in in the world today, in the world of news, well, that's misinformation.
0: You know, yeah. we, we're asked many times, you guys do a podcast, you can say anything you want on a podcast. Because, Absolutely not. Because a lot of guys do that, and a lot of people do. A lot of amateurs who have podcasts, they think that it's a, a license to spew obscenities.
1: And well, you know what, if you're going to talk about... Um, if you want to say that uh you know that uh, the Trump did actually win, you better you better obscure it in a lot of profanities. And then, you know, the it's not well, the YouTube itself, it's Google. Google I, are the people that own it and they're the ones that'll go, Oh, well, you know. Yeah, he said that that's our misinformation. Yeah, but we don't but he, but he said the F bomb twenty times. We uh, don't do
0: that. We do not do that on this no. program. We we talk to you with respect for the most part. Occasionally we might get a, a, a little slip something in that's maybe a bit inappropriate. We don't mean to. We get carried we get carried away sometime. But for Jim, the, m- the hell you
1: said. <laughs> See? <laughs> there you See?
0: go. See? But the thing is, folks. Uh, For the most part, we respect our audience. No, not for the most part. Totally respect our audience. Our audience uh, shouldn't be insulted and and foul language language shouldn't be thrown around. We don't work that way.
1: No, we don't. But, you know, that seems to be the way that we're going in America. Uh, What uh, you see accepted as normal speech now, which is the F-bomb and every other... You know, yeah. Maybe it's our background. Maybe it's the fact that
0: we spent, uh, you know, decades no. in broadcasting, and broadcasting was always you were supposed to be a level higher than the street jargon. You know, you were supposed to be uh, considerate of your audience, and you also had uh, rules and regulations from the FCC.
1: Yeah, there was community standard rules, but see now what what's happened is the left has lowered community standards. Now, by yeah. lowering community standards, they've also changed what is acceptable speech. And what I say by that, or mean by that, is that it's not acceptable if they don't agree with your your opinion or what you're saying. In other words, you don't have the right to have an opinion or to to say anything but what they say. You re, you 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 yeah. take what they say. And regurgitated there's no, there's no,
0: there's no conversation anymore. No, it's a one-way lecture from the other side. And if you don't agree with that lecture, well, look what happened to that. Look what happened to that uh, judge out at Stanford University. He went out there to have a conversation with law students about the law, and give them an opportunity to talk to a, a federal judge. Oh, wow, that's a, that's kind of a big deal, you know. And it was a terrific opportunity for these law students. And instead, they squandered it by yelling and screaming and throwing swears at the guy and protesting. He was, he was so put off by it that he had to be escorted from the campus by federal marshals. Think yeah. about that for a second. If you have a student, by the way, at Stanford, I'd, I'd, I'd pull him. I'd transfer him ASAP. They're not getting an education. They're getting an
1: indoctrination. They're being... You know, I gotta wonder: Is the education uh, system that we have totally blown out of proportion? Could could we go back to some of the old ways of internships and whatnot, and and what you have to go to school and learn? Well, could be consolidated down to a year mm-hmm. to two years, and then you're done. You know pretty much everything you need to know because it seems like academia, you
0: know. Bill, that's a good point. If I were an employer looking for somebody right now with, an, with a degree, if it were me, mm-hmm. I would look to find the distance learning graduates, meaning the adults who went back to school online and did all of the coursework and got their bachelor's degree online. There are a lot of schools doing this now. A lot of universities, mm-hmm. like Penn State and Maryland, and all these stu- schools have uh, a, a distance learning. I look for these people specifically because they're not sitting in a classroom with some, you know, uh, long-haired doofus who spends more time criticizing uh, political people. You know, on on the right, they're actually getting just the coursework. That's how it works on a dis. And I know this is a fact because I got my degree through distance learning. I went
1: back. Let me explain something about uh, getting a degree. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I know this from, you know, having kids. And uh, one of them, very smart, has several degrees. I said, "Eh, she's going to be a professional student all her life, but she's got degrees that you wouldn't believe. And I'm sitting there going, okay, you didn't go to school long enough to get all of those. She goes, yeah, I did. How did you do it? And she went back to the back of the house and came out with this big. It looked like a New York telephone book. All right, and and in there, or because the universities are all about money, and this is how I'm going to explain it. There are courses now. There are mandatory courses, basic courses, English and stuff like that that you have to you take. But let's say that you were studying to be. Mm, something in uh, uh, you know uh, business management. All right, you can sit there and take that book, and you can go through and get the information that you need, and then you pay the course. You pay for the course, and you go take the test. You test out. Oh yeah. So in the course of a week, you can pass that and have never sat day. I think you have to do one day in the classroom you pay them for the course sure you passed by 70% guess what you got yeah. your degree
0: this Amazing is this is a this is a gold mine for a lot of universities and schools now like i told That's the you scam i went back and got my degree online when i was in my 50s and it took me i ended up getting like 3 years of credit in about a year and 3 quarters well, yeah,
1: you can get life credit, you know, like but if I, mean, I wanted to go back and take
0: Yeah, but I actually spent hours and hours in front of a computer reading and writing and doing coursework. I took a course called Thanatology. What? Thanatology.
1: What the hell is Thanatology? It is the
0: study of death and dying. Think about that for a second. Well, that just kills me thinking about yes, it. Yes, it does. The study of death and dying, thanatology. It was a course I figured, well, you know, i got to take something. And I didn't want to take whatever else they were offering. And it was difficult because it was, you had to really do some th- serious thinking about a subject that you really don't like to think too much about. And uh, there, it was interesting. I, I ended up passing it, got a good grade, but... Uh, It wasn't a a walk in the park. As a matter of fact, a lot of people will tell you that distance learning, doing your coursework alone in your house with nobody to help you out and look over your shoulder and correct you when you're going wrong, uh, is a lot tougher. You have to discipline yourself to go into a place, sit down, and work. It's not easy. But you don't get the interference, the political nonsense and baloney you don't get that stuff thrown at you by the professors if you want to go back to school. And like I said, if I were an employer, I'd be looking for these people because these people haven't been touched by the the wackos, you know, the, the professors with the long hair and dope smoking. And, hey, man, when I was a kid, we were against the uh, the, the, the government, man. <laughs> you know, now we are the government. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, I looked at the clock on the wall and uh, there was an interesting piece of audio I want to play for you. It's a little long, but it, it's really quite interesting. It was on Rob Schmidt's show on Newsmax uh, a All couple right. of days ago. UFOlogist, UFOologist, and filmmaker Jeremy Corbell and Representative Tim Burchett joined Rob Schmidt to discuss a new report from a Pentagon researcher and a Harvard astronomer that suggests an alien mothership Might be sending UFOs to surveil the earth. You got to hear this.
5: Let's talk about some aliens here for a moment. This is actually pretty interesting. Alarming increase in UFO sightings has Pentagon's has the Pentagon's attention. The crafts demonstrate unusual flight characteristics, performance capabilities, technology that, to our knowledge, defies explanation from any country's top scientists and researchers. The Pentagon notes in their 2022 annual UFO report, in addition to the 144 reports covered during the 17 years of UFO reporting, there have been 247 new reports and another 119 either since discovered or reported and totaling 510 ufo reports as of august 30th 2022 congressman tim Burchett of tennessee says the u.s government has recovered ufos which are currently being reverse engineered he joins us now along with ufo expert and filmmaker jeremy corbell and gentlemen thank you both so much for coming on congressman uh, that's a a major allegation What, what do we know at this point
3: well, 1947, I think it's pretty clear there was a UFO crash or a mid-air collision, uh, Roswell, New Mexico, military intelligence, which is a whole lot like um, congressional ethics. It really doesn't exist. But military intelligence comes out and says, we've in fact recovered a craft and a saucer. And then the next day they, they bring this poor uh, lieutenant colonel out and say, oh, no, it was a hot air balloon. You know, we've got, we've got our top... Our top pilots in the world are some of our Navy and Air Force pilots, yeah, yeah. and they are in fact spotting these things. I've talked to them; they're not allowed to testify in, in, in congressional hearings. Our military, pilots are spotting these, and, and we've seen this. We've seen
5: this reported a lot, but they're not allowed to testify. You're saying?
3: That is correct. That is correct. Wow. We had one there at the Intelligence Committee that was open to the public. Um, uh, it was Democrat controlled. I don't expect much better from the Republicans. I think it goes a lot deeper. And and let me just we got a lot of people compromised, brother.
5: Yeah, it's it's interesting, Jeremy. I, I want to talk Go to you ahead. for a second. The, the Pentagon's UFO chief. This is a Pentagon guy, a UFO chief, the chairman of Harvard's astronomy department as well. Both releasing a report on Tuesday where they wrote an artificial interstellar object could potentially be a parent craft that releases many small probes during its close passage. To Earth. You've got the Pentagon talking about the idea of a, a mothership going above us and sending probes down.
7: Yeah, well, listen, let's get to the crux of the issue here. The UFO phenomenon, it, it's nothing new. This has been with us for a long time. Yep. The silver bullet would be if we have been exploiting these technologies through crash retrieval programs and that sort of thing. These programs, these exploitation programs, they do exist. So I would agree with the Congressman here. And first of all, I'd like to thank you, by the way, for your advocacy on this UAP issue. And I would like to also encourage you, Congressman, with whatever power that you do have with your colleagues to do one thing in particular. Right now we have the U.S. Senate Committee on Appropriations, they have jurisdiction over the spending. We have Senator Patty Murray, we have Senator Susan Collins, who are able to audit these special access programs, such as ones that are held, like you're talking about, at Lockheed Martin. So I would like to include mm. in this investigation, which I ask of you, for example, Lieutenant General Dimitri Henry, you know, he is the current director for intelligence joint staff J2, they yes. have authority and management over the intelligence community. And they should be asking questions. If we do have UFO exploitation programs, yeah. right, I'm calling the silver bullet, they should be able to ask of Lockheed and other contractors, what are they working on that goes back to 1947 and the UFO topic? And I feel like it could be very effective.
5: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I, I want to show, because we're close to running out of time, I want to show just something that you have, Jeremy. This is exclusively obtained uh, photos that you have of images over Baghdad, Iraq may of 2022 it's it's kind of hard for people to see what we're talking about if we take the banner down you'll be able to see it better there in the bottom right there you go what can you tell us about these pictures i mean to me this doesn't look like anything why why do you make something of this
7: yeah because the air force classified this in in a secret archive as uap or ufo we call it the baghdad phantom because that was part of the file name this was filmed by the u.s air force reaper drone footage this is the first time the public gets to see what the air force classifies as uap and i think the congressman would also agree that this transparency to the american public if it doesn't hurt national security it's it's corroding yeah. That this secrecy is corroding trust with the american public
5: so thank you for your work both of you for reporting Co- on this absolutely and, and that is what that is congressman real quick i want to play matt gates from last night on greg kelly's show take a listen to this
7: i have seen evidence of craft that I am not familiar with any of our allies or adversaries or even our country possessing. I've seen that craft taken by air crews who have gotten quite close to it. And we've got a lot more questions about why this information isn't more broadly available to the American people.
5: I mean, it's starting to sound like there's there's something being covered up.
3: Sure, I was with Matt, I I know what he is referring to. And I will tell Jeremy, We've got to have hearings. We're going to have hearings. I talked to Speaker McCarthy. I, um, I talked to the chairman of the Oversight Committee. I'm on that wow. oversight committee. That's where it's got to happen. We're going to have hearings. We're going to ask them tough questions. I hope Stick I hope Stick with that us, do. Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy get with me brother. I want you there. <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, thank I'm you. Thank you. you both
5: so much. I mean, you got the Pentagon talking about a mothership. I just it's a, it's astounding how much progress we're making on this thing. And thank you thank both you. so much for coming on. Good to see you guys. Thank you, Rob, for covering this. Thank you. Of
0: course. Kind of amazing, huh? They're starting to talk about uh, UFOs like they're for real finally,
1: and not just Yeah, on. but I don't think that they're going to get the uh, the hearings that they want, they you know, because they mentioned earlier it goes deep and it goes really deep. So that means that anybody we, we've mentioned it before, you know, you're elected to Congress, uh, well, not as much part time as the president is, but you know, you're a part time employee, and that's it. You are well, not the deep state, the permanent crew. To,
0: to your point, President Trump was asked by Andrew Napolitano about UFOs, and he w- he promised when he got into office he'd he'd get the information and then toward the end of his term. Napolitano asked him, you got that information you promised? And he said, well, uh, if you saw what I have seen, uh, you'd know why I'm not talking
1: about it. So, yeah, we could be the pawns in a chessboard yeah. between two alien factions that are yes. playing a game or fighting a war. Hey, listen,
0: uh, it's about time to wrap things up. I want to play that theme song one more time yeah. to take us out of here. Uh, a reminder, you can reach us. At our phone number, which happens to be 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868.
1: And there's mail at itsanotherday.com. We've also got mail at crnamerica.com. Hey, there's a lot of ways to get in touch with us. Just do it. Hey, friends, have a great day. We leave you with Natasha
0: Owens and Trump won. Bye, Bill. you did.
2: Trump won.